Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Sweet song. Classic at the Valley, but it's another game unbeaten and a point closer to the top six after the goalless draw with Ipswich Town. Welcome to Charlton Live. So hello and welcome to Charlton Live. I hope you are well. My name is Louis Mendes and on this week's pod we'll be looking back at that 0-0 draw uh, with Ipswich Town. So joining me uh, to do that, first up we've got the chef, Mr Mark Newbury. Mark, how are you? I'm fine. A a rare two in a row appearance for me, but... As like ninety percent of the team are still making use of the pubs being open again, that's why I'm here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, someone who did that last night with me, uh, Mr. Benji Cloak. Ben, how are you this morning? Because you were worse for wear when I last saw you. <laughs> no, I just I forgot about eating food. Uh, it's always a, a good classic, option to yeah. do. You'll be forgetting to breathe next. <laughs> no, I did that fortunately <laughs> enough. But um, yeah, all good. Thanks, Louis. We're in to go for this show, buzzing yeah. for it. Yeah, big show coming up, isn't it? Obviously, looking back at yesterday, it's fairly disappointing. Nil-nil draw with Ipswich. I think, uh, you know, as I said, it's a point nearer the top six. It's another game unbeaten. There are some positives to take from it, and I do think in the second half we were the team that looked more likely, but we weren't able to get over the line. Uh, ends up with a goal to straw. So we'll hear the highlights, brief highlights, as I'm sure you can imagine, uh, shortly from the Valley Pass Life. We're also going to hear, of course, from the Addicts boss, uh, Nigel Adkins. We've got tweets and emails from you guys as well uh, to read out uh, if your views on the show. And of course, we'll look ahead to Tuesday's game uh, with Plymouth Argyle as well. So plenty to get our teeth into. Um, Mark Lynn, just before we hear the highlights, will you, how would you sum that one up yesterday? Um... How how would I sum up without using expletives and you using a beat button for it? <laughs> um, dull. Dull. Um, there's positives and negatives we'll come to, but no, not a lot to get excited about. I think this is going to be an episode in polishing a certain thing. Well, well, you can say turd if you really want to, but it was a little bit like that, wasn't it, yesterday? Well, it wasn't a classic game uh, by any stretch of the imaginations. I mean, Benji... 
I guess, you know, it probably would be fair to say that if any side was going to win it based on the second half, it would have been us. But Ipswich probably enjoyed the better of the first half. Um, I mean, did, did you come out of that feeling relatively satisfied or a bit disappointed? How, how did you see it? How were you feeling at full time other than drunk, obviously? <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't drunk at that point. Um, no, I, I was satisfied that we kept them at bay pretty well. I think Amos made one save, wasn't it, uh, early on from a header. Uh, but as you said, I think we were the only team that looked like we were going to win it. Um, there was a couple of sh- really good chances that Miller and Stockley had in that second half where their shots were tame straight at a goalkeeper. And it was just, it was disappointing. I think Mark said on Thursday's show that we uh, have been able to change up a bit. And Bowie's teams, uh, we went into games and teams knew what they were expecting coming up against us. And it just felt very samey, like just boot it up to Stockley. Hopefully we'll win a flick on, crosses into the box. Uh, and that, it just seemed pretty boring because Ipswich knew what we were going to do. And just nullified that. I think Jake and um, Gilby were very quiet in the middle. Uh, I was just bemused how Shinny or Ronnie didn't get brought on. Look, don't get me wrong. Ronnie's not done much yet, but he's not been given too much of an opportunity. But Shinny is someone who does make us tick. He set up quite a lot of goals for Stockley. Uh, So I was quite confused as to why he wasn't brought on. Because, as I said, I've... Unlike Jake, he was he was very quiet yesterday. So fair play to Ipswich. I think they came to not lose the game, and they did that. Um, but I think it got to a stage in the game where we were afraid not to lose it as well. Otherwise, he would have made the sub for Prattley for maybe Shinny, but he brought on Watson instead. So yeah, disappointed that we didn't really go for it enough. Hmm, interesting. Well, we will hear from Nigel Atkins later on in the show, and I did ask him about, oh, excuse me, his uh, decision not to bring on uh, an attacking uh, substitute. Only made the one sub uh, during the game, but Nigel does explain that one later on. So let's hear the highlights, first of all, uh, over on Charlton TV, uh, Valley Pass Live. Your commentators uh, with Steve Brown alongside them, of course, were Greg Stubbley and Terry Smith. Early defending to do. The ball is swung in. Header by Norwood and palmed away by Amos. It's going to be a second attempt. And this time Innes gets something on it. Stockley heads it up in the air and just over the bar. And Charlton survive. They do. And again, you know, we've lost that header. Uh, he just he caught us on the on the back foot here now. I don't think we were expecting this start. Serious foray forward as Forster Kasky. It's the corner in. It's going to come all the way to Innes. Heads it straight down the throat of Thomas Holy, who clears it quickly. The ball for Charlton. Forster Kasky makes a run down the line. Mr. Gilby goes to his left to Perrington, looks for a high cross towards the far post. Holy comes out. We spilt it. Comes to Stockley. Stockley with his foot shoots. It's cleared away. Off the line. Which we're able to clear. And there is the halftime whistle as it concludes here at halftime. Charlton nil. Ipswich nil. It's a nice little step over and cuts inside. Left foot shot over the bar, but a little bit. Of concern for Charlton the way he was able to beat Miller a little bit too easily. Kaski to take, looks towards the far post. Innes with a strong header, headed by Jayasimi, it's beaten away. And Ipswich can clear. It's a straight ball from McGuinness. Gilby finds Forster Kaski. Forster Kaski, he's got Stockley to his left. That's where it's gone. Stockley back inside to Miller with a shot. Saved by Holy. And he did well to gather because if he parry that, Jayasimi was right next to him as well. It's a glorious opportunity for Charlton. A little touchback to Forster Kesky, trying to find some space for the shot. Gets it, but Holy will block it away. And Stockley was hunting it down. Did that come off him last? I think it did. It's a goal Combines, kick. Combines, but his ball forwards a loose one. Ben Watson picks it up for Charlton. Into Miller, corner of the penalty area. Toes for the shot. It's a weak one, and it's a goal got kick. Miller further out to the left. Has he got the run on Vincent Young on this occasion? Towards the edge of the penalty area. Ball to the right with Gilby again. No, Forster Kesky takes over the shot. Oh, just wide right of the post. Not sure quite how close that ended up being. Yeah, it was a decent effort. You'd love to see that from a different angle. That was a wonderful effort. Decent number of passes in this move. Back out to Perrington. He's cut back inside his man. He's being fouled by the looks of it. Does end up getting a ball in front of Stockley. Takes a shot. A little deflection, I think, off McGuinness. And into the arms of Holy. Stokowski sends it in. Jaisimi's there. It's a header from Gilby, but it's harmlessly wide right of the post. And that's probably the, and is, the last action of the game. Finish nil-nil here at the Valley. There we go. Brief highlights of uh, yesterday's goalless draw with Ipswich Town 
uh, at the Valley. Actually put an end to a run of uh, four straight wins for Ipswich at the Valley. They have a very good record against us. We haven't beaten them at home since, I think, 2008 uh, when I last checked. But, uh, yeah, no, no goals for either side. Um, we did have some chances, as we heard there in the second period, and you know a couple of them. If, if, if they just put it either side of the goalkeeper, particularly Jaisimi with that header when it was flicked on by Stockley and that cross that went to Stockley on his left foot. He hasn't scored with his feet for us, and he uh, was unable to do that yesterday to get it beyond the goalkeeper. Thomas Holy made a, a couple of okay saves as well. Um, but yeah, we weren't able to get over the line, Mark. I mean, overall, you you probably... It's one of those ones where you play, you know, if you're not going to win it, you, you please that you, you kept the clean sheet. And, and you look at that as a positive and you look at the fact that, well, I guess you could even look at it as a missed opportunity with Portsmouth uh, dropping points again uh, by being beaten by Milton Keynes. Or or you can say, well, it means we're a, cl- a point closer to them. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I mean, people might be surprised, but I actually make notes before coming on the show. And on the positives, the first thing it's got is the fact we had kept a clean sheet. You know, I think the first 15 minutes... I think they'd seen that we've been caught cold early on in games and trying to use up, you know, trying to do that. And we, you know, we dealt with it pretty well. Like Amos made a good save. Stockley cleared one over the bar. Um, but after that, Ipswich didn't impress me. I mean, we got sucked into playing their game, in my opinion. And uh, we didn't really sort of like have much about us to, to do anything different. And um, it's, it's, it's disappointing because I think if we'd scored early we'd have scored an absolute hatful. And uh, it's, it's hard to see with the, um, what, what, he was, what Nigel was looking at, why he, he didn't bring on another striker with 15 minutes to go and you know change it up a bit and think, go for it. I know I'd heard his, why he didn't, you know, his, his thinking behind it, but I didn't think it was a particularly positive move just to bring Watson on. I mean, obviously, if Prattley's either carrying a knock or flagging because he had been sort of like chomping around the pitch. But, you know, Watson came on, got booked, and so that negated him. Um, I mean, I don't know why the referee doesn't bother just booking him in, in the change room before they come out. Mm-hmm. It would save a lot of time during the game. Um, no, it's... Uh, I actually, sorry, I forgot what. What did you ask me? <laughs> well, it's all right. You're allowed to make as many points as you want. Um, I mean, Ben, Benji. I mean, Mark. Mark has made the point. Then I think. I think for me, it probably is the the biggest talking point that's come out of the game, which was, you know, the fact that we only made the one substitution, um, and, and it leads people asking, you know, well, obviously, I asked Nigel after, and, and like I say, we'll hear that shortly, but. It does leave people wondering if we're nil nil in a game where we're dominating chances and and we've got a striker on the bench and he's not going to be brought on in, in Ronnie Schwartz. I mean, what are we are we going to try and read into that and say what does that say about what Nigel thinks about Ronnie or do, or or do we buy that he was just like you know we didn't he didn't feel like he wanted to change the the formation you know the wingers were creating opportunities and and therefore he didn't want to disrupt that or are you going to say he doesn't trust trust Ronnie who Obviously, he hasn't played very much recently. He's only played for 10 minutes under Nigel away at AFC Wimbledon. I think it's a bit of both, really. Um, I got so frustrated again with Miller. Again, his end product was was lacking. I thought DJ had a good game. Uh, he so nearly scored with that flick on. So fair fair play to him again, looking at, at getting on the end of those flick-ons. And he so nearly did score. But it's not just... Ronnie, for me, it's it's Albie Morgan. It's um it's Matt Smith. Why why the need to have Deji on the bench and Fanwo? It's two centre backs. It, it didn't make sense. And Watson. It just why 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 not put Albie Morgan on the bench? Someone who we know has got that creative spark about him. Someone who we could have brought on yesterday to change up the game. And but then again, there's an like everyone used to moan at Lee Bowyer. They forgiving Albie Morgan a tough time, and now Nigel Adkins seems to be doing the same. So maybe the problem lies deeper there. But someone like Matt Smith, we we took him away from a club that he was doing really well at, and um, breaking holes in the defence. We saw highlights from him at Swindon doing exactly that. But for some reason, for us, a well, second manager using him that doesn't really want to give him much time. So that's one thing I, I didn't get yesterday. I saw the bench and I thought, why the need for two centre-backs and Watson? Um, of course, we're missing Washington. I think it, just before he got injured, he was such a key player for us. And him and Chucks, their goals this season have been vital for us. So missing that is big. 
Of course, injuries are are a big miss for us, and even Martin has been playing well lately. So, so I guess we missed him too. And maybe having him starting yesterday, Miller might have been more of a threat against a tired defence. But yeah, it, it was a shame. Some of the players, I think, that had been playing well recently didn't play well. As I said, I thought Gilby and Forsakaski were quite poor yesterday. I think they did a good job of um, making sure they didn't have an effect on the game. But yeah, where where does Ronnie's future lie in terms of the next season, say? Because we got one striker out there that, that couldn't score yesterday. He, he had a couple of goes at goal and he just can't shoot for me, Stockley. He's had a few chances like that and... When it comes to his feet, he just, he, it was the last last home game before that as well, he just side foot to the keeper. And that's one where that's Ronnie's kind of role, surely. So if we're going to play that kind of role, surely change Stockley for Ronnie and let's, let's change it up because it just didn't seem like we were going to score in the end. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, the, the option that Nigel spoke about, Mark, was to go two up top. And, and therefore, I mean, that probably would have meant taking one of the wingers off out of Miller and... And Jaisima, who to be fair, I thought were getting into good areas, but not not necessarily always delivering. I thought again, DJ, I thought was sort of flashes from, and, and and again, I still remain quite excited by him. There's a couple of crosses, and he got in a couple of good positions, didn't he, from corners to to get shots on goal. But I mean, if if he's deciding not to bring on Ronnie in that situation, um, I mean, what, what do you think that says for for Ronnie's future under un, under Nigel? Do you think I mean, you know, does he become involved on on Tuesday? And if not, then do we really start to ask some questions? Yeah, I mean, I'd say I just disagree with you and Ben. To be honest, I thought uh, DJ only really like came alive for about the last twenty five minutes. I mean, yes, he had the header, but he was almost in the way of it as it as it's come through. In the last 25 minutes, he started taking the guy on and beating him, thinking, take Miller off and put Ronnie on. Um, it did seem like Atkins had decided, you know what, I'll take a draw, I'll take a nil-nil. Because I think, you know, nothing, there's nothing wrong with going two up. Um, we They weren't really testing us at the back. I mean, they'd lumped it up in the air and it was being gobbled up by Innes and Pierce. Um, Perrington and Matthews weren't bombing on forward, so we were still tight at the back. Um, and when they did sort of like break, they didn't really do anything with it. I, I think, you know, if he had taken off Gilby and Miller and put on um, Shinny and uh, Ronnie, I think that would have probably been a bit more positive move. And I think it might have paid off. It might not. We may still have drawn. I don't think we'd have lost. Um, it, is, it is a worry. And I think if you don't see him have any kind of impact at all, say if Chucks is fit, I don't know, um, and goes onto the bench. I agree with Ben. I just didn't understand why that bench was so such a. I don't want to use the word negative, but when you've got Famewo and Deji and Watson on there, you know where is your spark going to come from? Where is you know Albie Morgan, you know who can pick a pass, can have has, has got a good shot as well. It's it was a bit just look. It's it's going to sound like oh moaning about the new manager isn't that pathetic? No, it's not. It's just an opinion about you know what I'd have done and what I would like to see. I think. If we'd, if that ground had been, you know, as full as we get, say ten, twelve thousand, and you know we're going for it, I think there would have been a lot more vocalisation from the crowd about getting some subs on. You know, we we all can watch it on the feed and get annoyed, but I think he'd have known about it a bit more in the ground. You know, if if he had just said like, you know, just put put Watson on, and that was it. So, you know, that was my take on it. I'd, I'd like to see Ronnie get a chance because, you know, I think that goal, you know, the goal he scored, I think it was Rochdale. It just shows what kind of natural instinctive striker we've got. But, you know, there's been games where he's come on, he's run around for 15 minutes and hasn't touched the ball at all. But it's difficult. I feel a bit sorry for the guy because I think he does want to play for us. Um, the interesting thing, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, Chet Evans strange diversion here but he's just been given a longer contract at Preston which would put possibly Jaden Stockley a bit further down a pecking order so you know I'll throw it back if if we went for him in the summer you know would that be a good option to join the striking force on a permanent basis yeah it'd be an interesting one I mean obviously contract wise I think he's still got another year 
at Preston and that will be on championship wages and I, I just don't know whether we'd be able to match a championship wage even you know even even with Thomas it's just not not sure if that's the way thing, things would be done although maybe we'll, we'll find out but I mean would you, would, all right so that's I mean, a question from Mark Ben would you keep would you keep Jaden for next year I mean obviously wins a hell of a lot of headers his goal record's been good for us so I know people suggest that we play perhaps a little bit one-dimensionally when he's on the pitch but I mean would you like to see him kept next season yeah I think I would um it's definitely a good option to have a big man up front like that um, because I think in games like the Sunderland game and the Doncaster game, he bullied them and he was a nuisance. And we saw in the Doncaster game that there was a bit of chemistry there and we read the knock-ons and, and we scored from that. Uh, he so nearly scored against Sunderland as well with that header that was um, ruled out because it hit TJ, but... I like him. I think he's a good player. Um, and look, we haven't really had a pre-season this year for players to gel. Um, of course, he came in in January and was suddenly straight into the team because Bogle left and we were quickly trying to put players together. Um, I can only imagine him getting better once he starts to gel with players. I mean, to have a player that wins so many headers like that and having a player then link on to that, whether it be DJ... Um, he'll be here next season, obviously, whether it be Ronnie or another striker that comes in to link to that, I think is crucial. And it can only get better with, with him playing um, because he has proven that. But yeah, just disappointing with him when it when it comes to his feet. It's just, he's been poor. I mean, he had that chance yesterday, didn't he, as well? I just remembered in the first half where the keeper dropped it and he kind of, I guess you kind of... Bit, Oh, quick, quick, I'll take it because the keeper's on the floor. But if he just would have taken a touch, maybe composed himself and shot, or Jake was in the middle of the goal crying out for that, that could have been an easy 1-0 goal. And I just think he's, with his feet, he's a little bit rushed. But overall, no, I'll take it. I think he's a good player. He works really hard as well for the team. And especially at the back when they've got a corner, he's a He's a good presence for us there as well. Mm, yeah, I, I, I think I'd, I'd certainly take him as well. Now, you know, we, well, you mentioned already, but it's, it, I mean, Ipswich probably belied their, their form with their start to the game, Mark. I thought they actually started very well. Um, ben Amos had to make a save early on. Uh, it took us a little while, really, didn't it, just to, just to get a sort of a, a foothold in the game, maybe at least 10, 15 minutes. Well, that was it. Like I say, first 10 minutes I was watching thinking, wow, you know, it felt like a goal was coming and it wasn't going to be from us. Um, but I think we, we saw that out and then I think once we'd had, you know, a shot on target and then got a couple of corners, they seemed to sort of like retreat back. Um, like I said on Thursday that I thought, you know, they were going to start trying to clog up the midfield, which they did. You know, we didn't really get a lot of space. Jake didn't get a lot of time. Um, it was a bit, it was, it was very bitty, which suited them because it broke up any kind of like passing game we could um, start to settle into. So, you know, and I think our thing is, again, they had a guy go off um, after about 25 minutes and that changed their system as well. So it was, you know what, I think we could still be playing now and it would still be nil-nil. I, I just couldn't really see where a goal was going to come from. Yes, we had chances. I mean, their goalkeeper made a couple of good saves, but the saves you'd expect a decent you know, League One keeper to make. Mm. Um, so it was, I think, the slightly worrying thing was, you know, Amos, you know, went down with an injury, but he, that seemed to be okay. So the, the thing there, I know, you know, Maynard Bruner's a decent enough keeper, but I wouldn't like to be going into the last six games with him, you know, as good as I've, I mean, I've seen him play some games with him as our number one, that would slightly concern me. So hopefully whatever Amos picked up, you know, they've managed to work on and get him ready for Tuesday night. Yeah, well, that would be interesting if it did come to that. I mean, again, I've, from what I've seen from Maynard Brewer, I do rate him, but obviously when it's a young keeper coming in, you know, Nick Pope, when he first came in, has struggled quite badly. And he, he's England, you know, should be number one choice really for England. So, yeah, it'd be, that'd be an interesting one to see. I mean, uh, Nigel mentions that in his interview, he felt that the, the introduction of Ben Watson on the hour mark, made a, a big improvement for us. What did you make of, of Ben? I feel like I look a little bit like Ben Watson after I had my hair cut today. They've done it really short. But, uh, yeah, what, what did you make of Ben Watson's performance yesterday, Ben? Uh, I think uh, Mark hit an nail on the head earlier. 
when he gets booked so early on, it's like you're you're on a tightrope then for the rest of the game, especially in this position, because any little like trying to disrupt their play, you you think oh I could get another booking and I'll be off here. So I think I can see what Nigel was talking about in a way. He uh, distributed the ball well and he he got forward a bit through the middle. But um, yeah, I, in my opinion, I think that was a a defensive sub from Nigel to try and not let us lose uh, the game um, because personally I would have brought on Shinny because he, we can still do that role through the middle or you just ask him, Jake and, and Gilby to kind of tighten up together and follow up through the middle. Um, but look, I'm not going to have a go at Adkins for doing a, a sub like that because look, we, we didn't lose the game. We had chances to win the game. Uh, but yeah, I thought he was... a bit better than usual because I often get frustrated with him and wonder what he brings to the team. But uh, the bookings, they don't help because, again, he could have got another one and got sent off. But, yeah, a, a defensive-minded sub. And, look, it works because we didn't lose, but I'd just like to have seen us go for it a bit more. But we have got those two games in hand over Oxford, so maybe he's looking at it like that. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. I mean, I, I, when push comes to shove, a full time yesterday, I was disappointed because I felt I felt we could have won that game, and obviously it was two points dropped. But when you see Portsmouth losing and you look around, actually, I was, you know, I was saying to to Richard Corley after the game, I said it's not it's not a bad point actually for us. Definitely a lot better for us than it is for Ipswich. And uh, I mean, Rich was saying he was surprised that Ipswich didn't seem to go for it more in that second half. Uh, because we know they're on a poor run of form, but they they probably needed to beat us to stay in the race. Mark, were you surprised that they didn't seem that up for it in the second half? I mean, they're only two points behind us, but we have a game in hand on them. They're four points shy of the playoff places, so maybe they're not out of it just yet. But I mean, three points would have been massive for them. But Paul Cook seems to have sort of written their season off already. Yeah, well, if you think of the, um, their midweek spanking they got, and they'd drawn the week before that, drawn the week before that, they you know they're not in a in a great run of form. Um, I think he was so disappointed as he made six changes from the team um, which lost to Milton Keynes. I think it was Milton Keynes they lost to. Um, so, you know, he want, he would be looking to get a reaction from his players, which, you know, we expected, you know, if we'd lost like that, we'd expect a reaction as well. Um, do I think, I, I said on Thursday, Ipswich don't impress me at all. In any game I've seen of them, you know, they don't have anything about them. I mean, they are on on the huge list of teams I I truly dislike, um, which is you know we talked about one Christmas, and it's they they don't do anything and it's he's saying oh you know they're looking now for, you know towards next season and planning blah 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 so which lets you know that their mentality is they don't think they're going to get it either so yeah I I don't think Ipswich are going to be a threat in our running at all. Yeah, well, certainly not based on everything I've heard from Paul Cook. Although, uh, looking at what he said yesterday, he was a little bit pleased with the uh, reaction, I think, that his side gave, especially from that, that result against uh, AFC Wimbledon. And obviously, clean sheet, you know, another point, another game I'm beating at home, Benji, as well. So, you know, things that we've struggled to do in SC7. Actually, we've now gone four games without defeat at the Valley, which is the same as, uh, you know, equal to our longest run without loss at home. Uh, and, and, you know, as we well know, six six games left to go, four of them at the Valley. I mean, it's important that we keep a little bit of that momentum. You know, Nigel's got his first game there. He says he's got to know the place a little bit as well. So, yeah, try. I, I am tr- trying to take some of the positives from that and just try and forget the fact it was a bit of a rubbish game. <laughs> Maybe that's the beard from last night still talking. <laughs> that, no, it's a massive positive. It really is. Because we seem our football, our memories are short in football. We forget that we were all pulling our hair out about our defence weeks ago. And it was only, what, a few weeks ago when Fanway made that mistake and we drew with Wimbledon. Like, this is a massive positive, this defence now. And, and credit to Nigel, because he easily could have brought back in Gunter. He easily could have brought back in Fanway because they would have recognised players in those positions that had done well. But he stuck with Jason Pierce. He stuck with Adam Matthews. And how many times on this show have we said, just keep the defence the same. Let them build up relationships together. Let them keep relying on each other, digging themselves out of holes sometimes because we easily could have conceded yesterday when, um, I think, was it the save from Amos and then it came back across goal 
and I think Innes blocked it and then it came back cross goal again and I think Stockley headed it over for a corner. They all dug deep in there together and actually I thought Ben Parenton had a really good NSL. He got forward really well and he put that cross in where Stockley shot his straight at the keeper. I thought he's getting better and better each game and I think Mark always says it. He's that player that gets you 7 out of 10 every game and you don't notice him too much. He was so good for us when we got promoted in that season and uh, obviously came up with a few goals that season as well, especially at Wembley. So it's good. That is a, is a good positive. We can go into games and we're we're getting conf- more confidence in the, in this defence that so we can keep teams out. And yeah, Ipswich aren't a bad side, and we kept clean sheet against them, and we so obviously so nearly kept one against Sunderland as well. So that is a positive, and and the positive for me as well is is that back four. They should all be with us next season because if we don't go up this season. We've got to look for the positives for next season. Whereas someone like Famwo, their loan will run out. So are they really with us for the long term? Well, no, they're not. He's probably not thinking about that too much. So that that's a positive as well to look for. Excellent stuff. Right, let's hear from the Addicts boss, Nigel Adkins. Uh, did it slightly differently yesterday. The first time at the Valley since uh, since the pandemic started that we've actually gone pitch side and, and spoken to, to to the manager. So really pleased with that. But you also hear that someone jumped in while I'm trying to do the interview because it was more more of a press conference situation rather than a, just a straight interview. But anyway, uh, this is uh, us, all of us speaking to Nigel Adkins after the game. I started off by asking the Addicts boss what he made of the of the game with Ipswich Town. It was a tough game. I think we highlighted that before the game. They've come, obviously, they've got the, the ball forward. They had a bit too much of the ball at the back playing out for my liking, allowed them to get the ball into the, the attacking third of the pitch and obviously Prentice in. We addressed that better in the second half. Uh, the lads worked really, really hard. I can't really remember Ben having too much to do, to be fair. I think he made one save in the first half. The introduction of Ben Watson on, on the hour mark was pivotal for us, I thought, because we actually started to pass the ball far better, trying to get the wide players um, on the ball in the attacking third of the pitch. And for me, that last half hour, we were, in, we were, we were the team likely to go and win. We were in more control of the game. Um, things you look at we've kept a clean sheet we've got another point on the board it's the first game for me playing at home at the Valley gives me an understanding of where we've got to try and keep improving on moving forward because it is a big big pitch Um, there we go slight frustration because without any real clear cut chances you had more chances towards through the second half yeah I can't remember Ben I think Ben might have made a save in the first half but apart from that we knew it would be energetic you know Paul was looking for reaction and he's got that First on, but again for me we didn't press sufficiently well enough to stop the ball getting launched no. forward, and then we've got to defend that. We addressed that, and we were far better as the game went on. So well done for the players for taking that on board, um, and we're a massive threat on set pieces, and we've got talented players. We're trying to get on the ball. As I said, that last half hour we looked, you know, we were the more likely team to go and win it. We were in good control, and sometimes you just need that bit of magic to go and get that one 0 victory, and then you can build on that. Am I right in thinking four of your last six are at home? We are. So now you've yeah. got the feel of the place. Yeah, we've got the feel of the place. I know. Get your feet under the table. Uh, yeah. yeah, listen, I know that we've. Uh, it's good. Um, the home form hasn't been uh, at the top of the league as well as the away form has been this season. So law of averages, we're going to get better. You know, with the games that we've got. We know we've got tough games. Every game's going to be tough. There'll be real strange results as the game goes along. And sometimes, sometimes you need that little bit of fortune as you go. Um, today we didn't quite get it but we kept another clean sheet we're looking solid we're looking stable uh, and again we're looking to build on things that we've we've been doing so far probably a better point for you today than it was for Ipswich well Cole lied today you look at it we've kept a clean sheet we've got another point on the board I, I, I can't control what other teams do we need a certain amount of points to get in the playoffs this is another point towards that um, but as that goes it, it now you know narrows the amount of defeats or points you can drop trying to achieve that uh, that points total so uh, what we've got to do is take care of business now as best as we can and get ready for the, a very tough game away at Plymouth and you mentioned obviously it's your first game here at the Valley as, as Charlton manager what did you make of playing here ah oh, it's fantastic I can't wait to get the fans in here you know it's going to be a great atmosphere you know playing surface I'm sure for next season as well is going to be immaculate 
so we've got to pass it on the ball. It's a real big pitch, so we've got to be athletic and energetic enough to, to run round on it. But I, can, I just can't wait for next season when this place is full. But as you rightly say there, it's our home venue. We've got to make sure that we're, we're making it a place where we can pick up good points. Well, so you mentioned Ben came on and played well. I think, was it only, only the one sub today? I mean, you had attacking options on the bench. Did you feel this wasn't well, quite the right game for them? Or? We, had, we had Ronnie on the bench. I did think about it. You know, we've got the two wide players. I'm thinking as the game's gone on, there's a great opportunity. I did go through my mind. You can go and play two up there. Uh, with Ronnie off, off the big man, but I thought that might leave us a little bit exposed in midfield because they had the three in there. Uh, as you could see in the first half, Darren Prattley had to do a lot of work and a lot of running in there to negate them. Um, and with me, I thought we were in the ascendancy and we just needed something to go and drop over that period of time. Now, ultimately, the intention was to score, we just ran out of time. Just, is, there, is there any update on some of the injured players as well, the likes of Chucks and Connor and Ian who are all well, out today? Well, that's it. So you look at, you know, when I turn around on the bench, you've got. Um, Ronnie is, the, is the, the attacking option. The other options we've got in Chuck Sunike and um, Ian, um, Connor Washington and Ian Metz, not there. So from a, an options to, to move forward, we're not there off the bench from that point of view. Uh, but we're hoping that they're going to be available sooner rather than later. Do you think you have any for, for Tuesday? Well, we'll see. We've got to see where everybody is at this moment in time. It's like every team now is going to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. There will be changes in the team. It's your first Saturday, Tuesday for a while, but I mean, yeah. it's the momentum's still there, unbeaten. It's a, it's a big chance down at Plymouth to see well, what you can, what you can listen, achieve. Plymouth's going to be tough, but we are. We have, we've got a positive momentum about ourselves, and we've got to keep that going. Thank you. Thanks. Okay. Anyone else? Um, yeah, I'll ask one real quick. Um, obviously, Jaden Stockley was very crucial. He's very crucial to everything this team yeah. does at the moment. It seemed like, at least for the first half, a lot of the game was playing the ball long to Jaden yeah. and trying to get players around him. Do you feel that the team at times is lacking a plan B? Do you think you implemented a plan B better in the second half? Can you just sort of well, talk we've, we've kept the same shape for the first half and the mm. second half in the previous games. The big thing was is maybe you got a change of personnel where Darren Prattley and Ben Watson are two totally different players. Mm. You know, and we look at the energy that Ipswich had in that first half, maybe Ben would have overrun. Don't know. Darren did a great job defensively for us there, but then we've actually imposed ourselves better in possessing the ball. And you can see for that last half hour, we were the team in the ascendancy keeping the football and getting the wide players on the ball a little bit better in the attacking third. And then we're saying, come on, give us that little bit of magic and then freeing um, Jaden up in the box. So do you think sort of that last half an hour, I guess, was more of a blueprint for what you want to see going forward compared to the first hour? In possession of the football, we were mm. far better in the last half compared to the, the, the first hour, you know, defensively. Mm. And again, if we can't keep good possession of the ball, we're going to have to work very, very hard to keep getting it back. That's mm. the big thing, yeah. you know. So we've had to work hard today because we did give the ball away too, too cheaply. And that's the thing that we keep talking about. Now, whether that's the shape or whether that's the personnel, that's things to go. What I don't want to be doing is swapping and changing every five seconds. The players need to have that little bit of understanding of where we're trying to get to. You know? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's a lovely first touch. And Shinny reverse ball finds Washington, who's through on goal. Connor Washington! Yes! And Charlton take the lead after first.
31 minutes. It's a lovely assist from Andrew Shinney. We have to be honest, John haven't really been in the game that much in the opening 31 minutes, but it just took one passage of decent play. Firstly from Gunsen, the ball forward. Shinney with the control. It's a lovely control. And the reverse ball to find Washington, who kept his composure and fired beyond Eastwood. Charlton Live. Welcome back. This is Charlton Live. Uh, looking back at yesterday's uh, goalless draw with Ipswich Town. Uh, just before the break, we heard from the Addicts boss, uh, Nigel Atkins, his first game in SE7 as uh, as the home manager. Um, obviously, you know he saw he saw some good things and, and some some room for improvement. Obviously, I pushed him on the on, on the on the Ronnie Schwartz and you know no attacking midfielders. And obviously, he said he, he, I think he just felt he didn't really want to disrupt how how they were playing at the time. Um, but it's in, it's interesting to hear to to hear from the Addicts boss, uh, you know, and 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 hear his reasoning uh, behind things. I mean, uh, he, you know, relatively pleased. He did mention Mark, obviously. You know, I, I said it's a good point, or it's a better point for for Charlton than it is for for Ipswich. But he he you know he, he does point out now that in, in his mind there's a certain amount of points we need to get to, and therefore now we've just cut the amount of games in which we can afford to drop points. And against us, I guess you'd write, you know, if you are going to be dropping points, they're probably going to be against sides around us. You know, I, I, I think if if he's targeted a number of games where we can't afford to top points, I imagine Tuesday at Plymouth will be one of those. Yeah, it's funny, Benji said about, you know, it makes you want to pull your hair out. Some of us haven't had that luxury for about 20 years. Um, it's, it's strange because if you look at it with a Sunderland and the Ipswich game and said, right, you're going to take four points out of that, most of us would have gone, you know, that's fine. We'll take three points against Ipswich, take a point against Sunderland and look at it in sort of like a two-game thing. And then if you say, right, you're going to get seven points if you've got the Plymouth game in that as well, I think most people would go, OK, we'll get the points against Ipswich and Plymouth and take the draw against Sunderland. Yeah, they they probably have. I mean, our away form's been so good. I don't think Plymouth are going to like us rocking up down there. You know, and we've we've had some good games down there over the years. You know, I remember us winning quite a few times. Um, so I don't know if he's targeted specific games for points. I think he's just looked to say, you know, what let's see what we can do. I think... I talked about um, tweaking on um, Thursday, and of course he had to tweak it with no Ian in there. So it's whether he tweaks again on Tuesday night, whether it might saying, come... A... Are you just trying to make me laugh by saying tweaks over and over? Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it's whether Innis, because he's literally just come back, whether he can do Saturday, Tuesday now, Saturday, Tuesday. So... That that would be like a concern, and if anyone's turned up today with a knock on for warm downs, um, and see what we've got available, I'd I'd be I'd be tempted to say swap Innis and Famer around. Uh, only for simple fact is that you don't want Innis to then break down and then go right. That's it. We've lost him for the rest of the season. Yes, he's a huge threat, but Famer's decent in the air, and you know. A, Plymouth, I was reading, they, they like playing the long balls, be over the top of defence. And I said the other day, we don't really have much pace at the back. We know we're quite sort of like one-dimensional. Famo's quick, and I think that would probably negate you know, Plymouth's tactics a bit more. So you know, that's what I'd uh, be looking for, you know, coming from that. Excellent stuff. Right, let's um, have a look at some of the tweets and emails that have come in. And actually, just before we do that, we have to say congratulations to the the women's side. They've got through uh, to the fifth round of the FA Cup uh, with a 2-1 win after extra time up at Oxford uh, United. Uh, I think Beth Lumsden got the first goal. Now, you have to see the winner in in extra time, Katie Gordon, uh, just before half-time of extra time. Absolute rocket from like 25 yards out into the top corner. So I'm sure that'll be all over the Charlton social media uh, quite shortly. But yeah, have a look out for that one. Uh, they'll be playing Blackburn uh, in the next round after Rovers beat Wolves, uh, I think, 5-2 uh, this afternoon. So they'll be in a few weeks' time. So what well on uh, to the girls and to uh, Karen Hills. Right, emails uh, after yesterday's game. Tweets as well. Uh, Muzzer, uh, email, uh, tweeted in, said uh, it was a bit of a dirge uh, of a game with a fussy ref. I thought we were nervous. Too many touches and back passes. Mystery why we didn't play two up front when we could have done with a win and which were there for the taking in the second half. Playoffs are still possible. 
but we need to play uh, better. Yeah, and I'd, I'd agree with that. We probably would need to up the, the, the levels. And, and, and obviously, we've spoken about the fact that uh, we, we didn't go for the two up top, uh, you know, even in the closing stages. Right, Gary says, hi, lads. What do you guys really think of the standard of football? I think it's very poor. We have two wingers who couldn't beat an egg. Uh, we spend more time going sideways or backwards. I feel sorry for Stockley. He has no support. How often have you seen a player run past him? Uh, I mean, I'll... I, 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 let you answer that one, Ben. I mean, the actual level of football. I mean, if Tom William was here, he'd be frothing at the mouth telling us how bad League One is. Uh, but, I mean, what, what do you think about the actual quality of the football we've been playing this year? Yeah, nice. I agree. It has been a poor season in terms of quality of football. I mean, you look back to last time we were in League One, we had people lighting up the league like Twinkle Toes Joe Aribo, just waltzing around players and stuff, and... Lyle Taylor, Carlin Grant, Josh Cullen running the midfield. No, I, I don't think our team or the quality of teams we've come up against has been as good this season. But again, I, I haven't watched too much football, to be fair, because I just find it a bit boring with no fans. But um, without that pre-season, without players gelling enough and the injuries that have been happening... I think we're struggling to see a cohesive teams in, in games. You just see injuries happening a lot. And I think a lot of work happens on the training ground more, especially pre-season when players coming in. So to build those um, bonds with players, so you get better football happening, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, no, I, it, it has been a poor season mm. um, for, sort of, for quality. It sort of sums it up, doesn't it, the, like how bad we've been in spells and, we, and we're still in with a very good chance of getting into the playoffs. But I've said it, even, even Hull and Peter have had terrible runs at times this season. Look at Sunderland now, like one of the best teams in the division. All of a sudden, they've gone on a free game uh, losing streak ever since we went up there and sort of burst their bubble. It's, it's amazing how teams can get stuck in a rut uh, at, the, at this moment in time. But that was a, a good question, Gary. Cheers for that. Right, um... Uh, the Rational Fan says, the point means if we win our game in hand, we go sixth. Three would have been even better, but playoffs are still within reach if we take care of uh, business. John Stewart says, uh, we well, wish that we could play all of our games away from home. Yeah, uh, we are certainly better on the road. But as I said, you know, we've, we've quietly gone about improving our home form. And I don't think, you know, I think it's probably easy to forget that because it's been a month. Yeah, it's a month before we actually played uh, in between our last home games and this one. So, yeah, probably easy to, to miss that. Right, emails in as well. Steve uh, Richards says, a strange performance against an average Ipswich side uh, that we beat comfortably earlier in the season. The defence did well, but the midfield and attack were disjointed. And who knows why Adkins didn't mix it up with 15 or 20 minutes left uh, when players were obviously tired. Shinny uh, must have run over Nigel's cat not to get on the pitch. If Chucks isn't back very soon, I fear we might just miss out there. Uh, might only be one slot free left in the playoffs. Uh, beating Plymouth on Tuesday uh, is a must. Yeah, obviously I tried to get an answer on, on, on how long till Chucks is going to be, but Nigel not really giving anything away at the moment. But I mean, again, Shinny, Shinny mentioned there, Mark, and you know, you, you spoke about. I mean, I mean, you you'd argue you'd like to see him, but you know, even if it is the last twenty minutes, because he's another one who can who can create assist out of nothing, really, isn't he? Oh, I'm a huge Shinny fan. Um, I, just, I know his, his contract's only up until the end of the season, and I hope we keep him for next season. Um, I think he's got, you know, a bit of excitement about him. It's funny because he he gets into good positions. He scored some excellent goals as well, and I don't think there's any reason you can't play him and Gilby together, you know, and change it up that way because they don't do the same jobs. I think you. It's hard to tell, because obviously he likes having Prattley and Jake there because of what the jobs they do. And then you're saying, right, you know, do we go four across the midfield? Do we do three, three? And then it's because that's what that limits you as well. Um, it's, it's difficult with... Um, the only thing I've, I've felt about Shinny is that he, he doesn't do much covering back. Um, but, you know, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not too worried about that if he's going to pop up and get some goals. And he's got a good passing range. And uh, no, I'd I'd like to see him. I'd like to see him in the team personally, but it's it's hard to tell at the moment. I mean, for having all the home games left, you know, it's a bit it's a difficult one because it's uh, we have looked so good away. I mean, it's just been a strange season all round. I mean, if you look at the form, so many teams have like their their home forms and away forms are just such divergence. It's 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 a weird one, and you know I think 
you're right. I think if a good pre-season and he knows what kind of team he wants to do, then we'll have a better idea. I mean, if we don't make the playoffs this year, would it be the biggest disaster? No, I think now Thomas has got the man in charge who he wants. They'll have a plan for for next year. I mean, if you look at the teams who will come down, Sheffield Wednesday, uh, possibly Derby uh, might drop down. You know, no one's coming up who's going to be amazing. So, I mean, the only thing which made me laugh, I saw an interview with them about the Sunderland manager saying how they want to be the Norwich of the North. And you're thinking, yeah, set your sights high, mate. Set your sights yeah, high. Yeah, Norwich so, of the North, blimey. No, yeah. they, no one even wants to be the Norwich of East Anglia, but they are, aren't they? So, uh, well, back. Hey, isn't that the most boring thing that's happened this year, is that Norwich have gone back to the Premier League again? Christ. I like Norwich. I, I've, got a, I've got a soft spot for um, Norwich. So, I, you know, it's that's because probably why I hate Ipswich so much. So. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Well, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that Norwich getting promoted yesterday didn't uh, g up the Ipswich fans any more than the, than their nil-nil draw with Charlton did. Right, um, McSquared says hi, guys. Sadly, uh, yet another disappointing home performance yesterday, and once again, it was all the, the final third that let us down. Ipswich gave a good account of themselves and battled well, uh, but we appeared to lack the quality to break them down. Nobody had a particularly poor game, but at the same time, no player really shone. Uh, we defended uh, generally well when we needed to, uh, but there weren't actually that many clear-cut chances at either end. I felt the match in general uh, was rather dull. Our midfield wasn't really firing on all cylinders, and Stockley definitely missed Martson as a foil. The former once again gave his all up front, but it was mostly in vain as he had nobody to assist him. It seems to have become a bit of a pattern. He reminds me a bit of Carl Eburn back in the day, very hard working, good in the air, but not prolific in terms of goal getting. A bit surprised that Ronnie wasn't given 10 minutes at least, but I guess we have to trust Adkins' decision making at the moment. However, it's patently clear that we miss Chucks and Washington and desperately need at least one of them back ASAP. As the game went on, it always seemed likely it would finish goalless. You can't really say uh, we did enough to deserve all three points. As the game went on, um, uh, sorry, ultimately though, uh, we are still well and truly in the playoff mix and we should fancy our chances against Plymouth as they're in poor form and have nothing to play for. Furthermore, it's another away game for us so we should have a much more chance of claiming all three points. So no reason whatsoever to be disheartened even though our home hoodoo struck again. That's from McSquared. Cheers, McSquared. Right, Joseph Stewart says, uh, I'm Jack Coggers Cogley. Uh, three defenders on the bench and Watson as our only midfielder is possibly the most bizarre decision I've ever seen. Morgan and Smith both fit, so why have they been shafted? So yeah, Ben sort of Coggers there um, reiterating the, the, the point about the bench. I mean, it is interesting that those two aren't getting even on the bench. You know, they played 23s. I think Nigel spoke about him in midweek and we heard that on, on Thursday's pod. But takes a while doesn't it to, to play your way back into a side and, and and we had this conversation yesterday in the pub you just wonder what Nigel's seen that maybe something that Lee Bayer had seen as well yeah just it baffles me with someone like Smith I mean I know he's a young lad and he's gone on loan from Arsenal to a team like Swindon but a team that weren't doing very well but when we signed him from Arsenal all the Swindon fans were saying they were gutted he was leaving because he'd done so well for them. And I saw a few highlights, as I said earlier, that he could really break up a defence with a ball, split the defence, and they scored a few goals from it. And it just, I don't understand then, he's not even getting in our squad. It, you'd think, well, how? It's, how's this player become so bad, as say, that can't even get on the bench and two centre-backs are on the bench? Mm. For someone like Albie Morgan, I mean, we've all been crying out for ages, haven't we, saying... Why does he not get more of a go under under a manager like Bowyer? And now we've had Adkins come in and do exactly the same. As as fans that don't see what happens on the training ground, we don't understand. But now two managers are doing it. There there must be bigger bigger things happening with Albie Morgan as to why he doesn't even get on the bench on a game like yesterday. Mm. Um, but again, as I said but, on on Thursday, I mean, we, we do need to remember he's still a very young player, and, and if he was a a 21-year-old in, in the 23s who hadn't been in, involved in the first team. I don't think everyone would be like, why is he not playing? They'd probably think, well, he's not quite ready yet. So maybe that's what Nigel's seeing. But again, we'll probably find out as the as the season goes on. Right, Warren says, at one point it's better than none. However, I think we need to be more positive at home and play with two strikers or at least use that option off the bench. I'm surprised that Swartz didn't come on yesterday. I think we missed Washington as well. Any news on when he will be back fit? Well, as, we, as we heard, I did ask Nigel that. 
Uh, he didn't give an answer too clearly at the moment. Right, Phil says, Hi guys, a disappointing result, although not a disaster. I felt that Gilby was not quite on his game yesterday. And whilst I understand at Nigel's point of not wishing to change the side's balance by bringing on Ronnie Swartz and playing in out front with Jordan Stockley, I feel that bringing... Um, AS uh, on as a straight swap for AG uh, may have given us more. So Andrew Shinney on for Alex Gilby, a more productive midfield without disrupting the team's balance. Let's face it, Shinney has a good understanding with uh, Jaden Stockley having created most or if not all of his goals to date. I think that Gilby is feeling it having missed a number of games and then getting free on the spin. Perhaps a couple of changes needed for Tuesday as we will be going twice a week from now on until the end of the season. We can't afford to drop many more points to ensure a playoff spot. Not much time now uh, to work on the training pitch. I don't expect a much change unless we get any injuries or players suffer with exhaustion, possibly two or three maximum between games. Or sure, we can still do it, but we clearly need to be more clinical in front of goal with Jake Forster Kasky, the only player looking likely to break the deadlock against Ipswich. If he doesn't get player of the year this season, then there is no justice. Nigel Atkins has definitely improved the defensive side of the team, where I appreciate also coincided uh, with the return of the Colossus is Ryan Innes at the heart of the back line. It says, maybe let's see Chris Gunter for Adam Matthews and Andrew Shinney for Alex Gilby on Tuesday. That's Mr. Phil. Cheers, uh, Phil. And then finally, Jimmy says, hi, guys. Frustrating uh, that we couldn't get all three points yesterday. We were certainly the stronger of the two in the second half. I know Stockley was our main option uh, due to Anika and Washington uh, being out, but I don't think the long ball method was working. Maybe a bit risky because every game is important now and maybe his fitness isn't up to scratch, but I would like to see how their defence dealt with a Ronnie and Stockley combo. What do you think? Love the show. Give up the good work. So, yeah, cheers for that, Jimmy. Yeah, so as, as, we, as, as we heard from Nigel, it, was, it did think about going for the two up top. And I, I just wonder if... If we maybe we'll see it on Tuesday at some point, you know, maybe Nigel would decide to make that decision, uh, and and then we'll see. You know, I mean, I mean, Mark, just quickly, do you think those two would work well together? Um, I don't see why not. I think you know, Ronnie's quite good at poaching, and so if he can get read the flicks on from Stockley, I think you know he could quite easily pick up a couple. You know, he's. He buzzes around, you know. He gets a likes a shot from outside the area as well, which I, I've I've bemoaned over the seasons that we don't have many, you know, players who like yeah you know, having a shot from twenty for twenty five yards. I'd rather someone had a poke than go sideways or backwards. And you know, I know Bo used to say, oh, you know, it's good, it's keeping a ball, it's recycling again. But if you're not scoring at the end of it. You haven't gained anything, so I'd rather someone say, you know what, I've made myself half a yard and I'm going to put my foot for it. If it goes into the stand, it goes into the stand. Or you make their keeper work or something. But there's every chance, if you've had a shot from outside, I mean, think of how many goals earlier in the season that we were conceding from outside the area. And you've got to think to yourself, well, you know, other teams can do it, why can't we? So there's no reason you can't play Ronnie and Stockley together. You know, they're pro strikers, you know, get them on. It's not like they're identical twins. <laughs> no, they they are quite different different styles of player, aren't they? Right, let's have a quick break. When we come back, uh, we'll head into the final part of the show to look ahead to Tuesday's trip uh, down to Plymouth. That's good work from Nico to win it back for Charlton. Ball across into Shinny's pass. Shinny into the penalty area, trying to get it across. He does to Morgan, yes! who scores and finishes for Charlton and puts them in the lead here at Portman Road. Lovely work by Williams on the far side and Matthews and equally chucks Nico to keep it alive for Charlton. Eventually, Shinny managed to get into the penalty area, ball back across, looked like it might have taken a deflection into the path of Albie Morgan, who buries it for the Addicts. Charlton Live. Welcome back. This is the final part of this week's uh, Charlton Live. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks for sticking with us uh, until the end, nearly. Um, yeah, Tuesday then, Plymouth. I mean, it is, it is a big game. Big, big game for us, Ben. Um, and, you know, someone mentioned a Plymouth side not in great form. They've gone free without a win. Uh, they got a point at Burton yesterday, which actually is actually quite a good result these days, really, isn't it? And, and they were denied by a last-minute equaliser there. Uh, but at, before that, they heavily beaten by Shrewsbury, which is a, a poor result in anyone's book. And then obviously a, a 3-0 home defeat against Hull, which is pretty much what, what, you, what you'd come to expect. Only two wins in the last 12 or so from, from Plymouth. I mean, you know, if we're serious about 
going into the playoffs, this is a game that I think is a must-win game now. Maybe not quite must-win, Ben, because if we don't win it, I'm not going to write our chances off, but would would be very nice to win this one. It would be very nice indeed, yeah, to just give us that boost, especially coming into uh, back-to-back home games after that, where, again, as we spoke about on the show, that's where we struggled. So, look, we're playing a team that have done really well this season because they only just came up last year. So they got nothing to lose. They're not going down. They're not going up. They're just try, probably trying to get as high as they can. I know they've recently gave their manager a new contract. So they're happy of what they're doing. Um, so whereas yesterday, it, it seemed a case of two teams that thought, uh, you know what, I, we can't afford to lose because uh, then it keeps both playoff chances alive. So it seemed like both ch- teams kind of shut up shop a little bit in terms of not going for it in terms of the win, whereas you so rightly said Ipswich probably should have gone for it because they, we got a game in hand on them and they're two points behind us. So, yeah, it'll be a more open game, so that'll be good for us. And and I feel that's our problem at home. I think when we're at home and teams kind of shut up shop against us, we, we don't have that extra uh, thing that can break up a team. Whereas I think... Tuesday's game will will be open and hopefully we'll we'll play an attack inside that we can really go for it and mm. if Connor's back if Chucks is back that will be a big plus for us um, because if it's not working we'll have a plan B to go for it. Mm, yeah, Luke Jepcott who's had a fantastic season for Plymouth and already scored what three times I think against us this season at least twice definitely he scored at the Valley in the FA Cup win. Uh, the 1-0 win and then yeah he did get both of, of Plymouth's goals against us uh, in, in the league game but he has actually now gone like 16 games without a goal so hopefully we'll be able to handle him a bit better uh, from a Charlton point of view Mark I mean obviously it all depends on, on who is back I mean Phil suggested a couple of changes he'd like to see I mean is there anyone you'd desperately like to see in the side I mean would you would you start Ronnie alongside uh, alongside Jaden Stockley well first thing I'd point out is that Plymouth's home form they've won 11 times at home and we'd be cutting off our own arm to have that. Um, they've scored 30, they've conceded 30, which is exactly the same as us. Well, actually, we've actually conceded more at home. Um, so I don't think they're going to just roll over and have their tummies tickled. Um, for me, I'm going to make you laugh, I would tweak. Um, I would stick Fainwo in defence. I would potentially... St- if Marston's back, I would swap him and Miller. Um potentially I'd also take Gilby out and put Shinny in but mm. that would be just a, like a personal choice yeah. for me I'm, I'm surprised, I'm surprised that, about the fame work coming in is that, just, is that just a case of freshening things up or, 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 or do you think there's a player in the defence that, you, that you, you'd want out or is, is it... uh, no, I don't, I, no seriously I don't want anyone out of the defence but I think um, Ryan um, Innes looked like he wasn't um, running particularly well and I just don't, like I said earlier, I don't know whether Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, he's only just come back. I mean, he's played the last three games, but he's, it, was, it was like 180 days he, he didn't play. Now, the medical team have got to look at that and go, is this a risk for us to have him on a Tuesday? We used to do the same thing with Solly. Solly couldn't, couldn't do a Saturday, Tuesday. So, you know, I personally, I'm saying, you know, it's, it's not that Innes has done anything wrong. I love him, you know. I think he's a huge threat. He was just a huge bloke. But I think because looking at um, Plymouth's strengths, like I say, they do like to play the ball long and play it over you. And we're not blessed for pace. That would be, you know, if I was analysing our game, where are we weak? Can we get turned? Yes. Um, is there much pace at the back? No. So you put someone in who famous quick. I mean, at the start of the season when he was alongside Innes... You didn't have any qualms because he, he he was very sharp, so that would be my only concern. I mean, you, you know, you negate their strengths and then play to your own. So, like, say, if you bring in Fainwell and Shinny for Gilby and Innes, even put Innes on the bench if you have to, um, and then drop Deji or Watson out of the bench 
and that that would be my plan. I don't know. I don't think he'll go two up front. I think he'll stick with you know what he's got. The four-three-three that has yeah. worked reasonably well. Excellent. We have run out of time uh, on this week's uh, Charlton Live. So thanks to all of you uh, who've tuned in. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday where we'll obviously have a chance to look back at whatever happens. Uh, down at Plymouth, then ahead to next Saturday's home game uh, with Peterborough. Looking forward to that one. Right, thank you to Mark and to Benji for joining me on this week's show. Hey, we managed to get through a whole show without mentioning kiwi fruit. There oh! we go. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Cheers, chaps. <laughs> Good to have you both with us. I've been uh, Louis Mendes. Thanks very much for listening. We'll see you again on Thursday. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.